Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Today we're going to wrap up our sermon series, our teaching series, entitled Be Strong, Five Keys to Gaining Spiritual Strength in Tough Times. Today we're on the fifth and final key. The fifth and final key today we're going to deal with resilience. Resilience, and I don't have a title really for this message. It's just resilience. We'll just go with that. Today we're going to talk about resilience. I'm going to focus on the 10th verse of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 10. In fact, verses 10 and 11. I will read those verses to get us started. And whatever version of the scriptures you have, uh, we'd encourage you to read along. And uh, you may want to take notes. There's an awful lot of scriptures we're going to look at this morning. And uh, you may want to jot them down so you can read them again, meditate them, meditate on them in the days to come. But uh, be strong, five keys to gaining spiritual strength in tough times. And today, again, we're going to deal with key number five, resilience. It comes from 1 Peter 5, verses 10 and 11. Here's what we find, 1 Peter 5, verses 10 and 11. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while... Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Today, again, simply key number five, resilience. Resilience. Y'all, the truth of the matter is suffering follows those who follow Christ. And the threat of abandoning Christ and his kingdom as a result of such suffering is very real. Jesus warned us of this in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, where he told his disciples then, and he tells us now, Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. The 17th verse, he says, But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. He also taught Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 and 28. Verse 26, he says, but don't be afraid of those who threaten you. Then in verse 28, he says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Then in Luke chapter, chapter 9, verse, 60, verse 62, let us not forget a very poignant statement that he makes when he says, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Suffering follows those who follow Christ and the threat of abandoning Christ and his kingdom as a result of such suffering is very real. That's why Jesus taught us to rejoice when we suffer. In Matthew chapter 5 verses 11 and 12, he says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. The apostles took such teaching to heart, for we find that they rejoiced when they suffered for Christ. 
In Acts chapter 5, verses 41 and 42, the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. Suffering was a prevalent theme throughout the New Testament. The saints were repeatedly encouraged to endure suffering. In Romans chapter 5 verse 3, Paul told the Romans, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 8 through 12, Paul told the Corinthians, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death, Paul told the Corinthians, because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Then the author of Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, we are encouraged to hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together, even if it has to be online, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I'm trying to tell y'all that enduring suffering is a common theme in the New Testament. And Peter addressed, addressed it in his letter to his brothers and sisters in Christ who were enduring some tough times. Right here in 1 Peter chapter 4, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 16, Peter encouraged his saints with these words. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if some strange thing were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. For the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. In our text today, Peter offers some keys to gaining strength to endure suffering and resist the devil. And just as we can, just as we can get protein from various sources, uh, such as black beans, chicken, salmon, and other types of fish, peanut butter, and etc., we can get strength from several sources as well. I've been sharing with you five keys to gaining strength in tough times. We can gain strength through relatable leadership. We can gain strength through intergenerational relationships. We can gain strength through our own personal responsibility. We can gain strength as we shared this past Thursday through resistance. You can resist. You can get stronger in resisting the devil by resisting the devil. And today we see that we can gain strength from resilience. Look at verse 10 once again. In verse 10, Peter said, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, 
establish, strengthen, and settle you. When he says, after you have suffered a while, that can be interpreted a number of ways. He could be saying, after you've suffered a little. After you've, after you've suffered in terms of the degree of your suffering, where it may or may not pertain to a length of time. But many scholars, according to my study, seem to believe that it may be both. It could be how much you suffer right now, that it, you may be dealing with one thing on top of another, on top of another, on top of another, all at the same time. Or you could be dealing with something very grueling and, and, and tormentous for an extended period of time. But, but Peter told the saints, after you have suffered a while, after you've gone through, Peter then tells them what God is going to do in them if they bounce back. Peter is writing as if that they were to bounce back from their suffering, that they were to recoil from their suffering, as if suffering could knock them down, but they must have the resilience to get back up. That God will do a work in them and that they were to bounce back from their going through, from what they're going through. Let's look at what Peter says uh, God is going to do. He says, first of all, God is going to make you. Do you see that in your Bible in verse 10? But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Peter said, God is going to do something in your life. After you've suffered a while, after you've dealt with everything that you're dealing with, God is going to do something in your life. God is going to do it. Peter is saying God is going to do it. Last week I shared with you that you and I are personally responsible for whether we will get stronger in Christ. But we are not alone in our efforts to get stronger. God wants you to get stronger and he will help you gain strength to resist the devil and endure tough times. He will give you strength so his will prevails over your will. He does a work on your heart and mind to intensify your yes your yes to his will and your yes to his way he sanctifies us matures us as we as we do what we're supposed to do to grow stronger he blesses our efforts with increase so we're conforming to the image of his dear son he even uses our suffering to make us perfect establish strengthen and settle us so while the devil wants to devour you through your suffering God wants to develop you through your suffering let me say that one more time for the people in the back when while God God, while the devil wants to devour you through your suffering, God wants to develop you through your suffering. After you have suffered a while, God will make you. So that's good news for all of us who are going through something because it tells us that God works to, to counter what the devil is trying to make of you. That while God is trying to make you stronger and, 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 and mature, the devil wants to make you weaker and more foolish. He wants to make you weaker than ever. The devil wants to make you more impatient than ever, more foolish than ever, more thin-skinned than ever, quicker to get angry than ever, more discouraged than ever, more depressed and in a deeper depression than ever, more suicidal than ever. The devil, y'all, the devil wants to make you feel like you're of no value and your life is not worth living. 
The devil wants to make you feel like you're wasting your time following Jesus. The devil wants you to wants to render you a lightweight Rudy Poot. That's a that's a third grade word we used to say in elementary school back in in Flint, Michigan. We called somebody who wasn't about nothing that we didn't think was about nothing. We call him a Rudy Poot. And the devil wants to make you feel like a lightweight Rudy Poot in the kingdom and return to the darkness from which you have been delivered. But God is also working to make you and do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or imagine let God have his way let God make you surrender to God taking the troubles you're facing and making them work together for good for you since you love him and are called according to his purpose and please remember while the devil is working to make you one thing God is working to make you something greater and more powerful and more fruitful as you are fed by relatable leadership as you interact with various generations as you assume personal responsibility for your growth and as you continually resist the devil rest assured that the devil is at work but greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world let's take a closer look at this 10th verse Peter says God is going to make you perfect God is going to make you perfect. That word perfect, it can, it can mean mature. It, it can mean that God is going to grow you up. But it also, it, 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 has, a, it has a deeper meaning. Uh, it means to fit or join together. When, when, what Peter is saying, when, when God is going to make you perfect, he's saying God, God is going to make you, he's going to do a maturing work to make you, to make you fit, to make you, to, to mend you, to adjust you, to repair you. It's sort of the same word that Paul used in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 when he says that the, the pastors and, and the teachers and uh, apostles and evangelists, that, that the five, what we commonly refer to mistakenly as the fivefold ministry ministry is done for the perfecting of the saints for the repairing of the saints for the adjusting of the saints uh, for the perfecting of the saints it's it means to mend it means to repair it means to adjust so God wants to adjust you so you fit better into his purposes and with his people God wants to adjust you to where you belong he he has a place for you a place where you're where you're supposed to fit and suffering does a work on you to where there's a new place for you to fit and fill in and Peter says God does this work God does this work and I want you to look at that 10th verse again that God does this work of perfecting in those he has called but the God of all grace watch this who hath called us who hath called us God has God has drawn us unto himself God has invited us unto himself God has called us now for those of you who who who, who salvation boils down to you joining church I feel sorry for you for those of you whose salvation boils down to your giving the preacher your hand and you're being baptized in water, whether in Jesus' name or in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, if that, if that is all there is to your salvation, I feel sorry for you. Because salvation happens when there is a sense of God calling one out of darkness, convicting them of their sins, and, and repentance for being in sin happens, and you accept the call out of darkness and into God's marvelous light 
But not only are we called into the marvelous light, called into God's eternal glory by Christ Jesus, we're also called to suffer. We are called to be persecuted. We were called out of darkness, y'all, to be different, to be holy. We were called out of sin to stand out in sanctification. We are also called out to reign with him. But don't forget that we shall, don't forget we shall reign with him. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we will face tough times as the called out people of God. And for those whom the Lord has called, there is a place. There is a place. God is taking you. The place God is taking you is a place where some of the immaturity and baggage and sin and weight that so easily besets you won't fit. You are in a season, those of us who are facing troubles, those of us who are really dealing with the hard time, the truth of the matter is you are in a season where your troubles force you to get rid of some immaturity and baggage and sin and weight that so easily besets you. God is trying to do a work in your heart and mind that makes you a better fit for where you're going. Who you have been and the immaturity and baggage and sin and weight that so easily besets you has worked to get you where you currently serve. But if you don't allow God to do a perfect a perfecting work on you, you won't be able to abide and, and flourish in that place where God wants to take you bounce back from your troubles get back up from your surf from your suffering and keep it moving your struggles are going to be your stepping stones to a new place in the lord uh, one of my one of my favorite episodes of the Jeffersons is actually the very first episodes where George and Wheezy hire Florence to be their maid. Uh, after after George and Wheezy had moved on up to the east side, and, and and Wheezy is walking around the apartment and looks at those big old windows, and she's wondering how she's gonna clean those big old windows, and and, and so she she mentioned to George that she was gonna clean the windows, and and George said you ain't cleaning no windows, we getting a maid. And so they argued, went back and forth, and Helen and Tom Willis had a maid, and and George had to one up the Willis's and instead of having a maid come once or twice a week he wanted a full time maid to do everything for Wheezy but Wheezy couldn't see the need to hire a maid so she bucked against George and, and, and finally George told her you're, you're getting a maid and, and Wheezy felt like it's a waste of money it's a waste of money but she told the Willis's before George was out and so George came back in and uh, she had told the Willis's Helen had told Helen uh, Wheezy had told Helen and Tom Willis she says I I've been poor so long. It just doesn't make sense to spend money on something like this. And for some of us, we can have lived in one, one state, one status for so long that it's hard for us to adjust mentally to a whole new place where God is either already taking us or, or has the intention of taking us. Some of us need to understand that one of the reasons why troubles come is for us to get rid of some stuff for the, so that we can be ready to flourish in the place where God is taking us. And sometimes, y'all, sometimes when God is moving you on up in him, you've got to allow him to move your mindset up. You've got to allow him to perfect you and move your character on up. You've got to allow God to perfect your heart and move your worship on up. Whatever you're going through right now cannot put you down and keep you down. You've got to move on up and let God perfect you or adjust you and make you more mature so you fit and flourish in that place where he's taking you. But it, later on in that verse, as we move on in verse number 10 of 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter says, uh, after you've suffered a while, God will make you perfect. But the next thing he says, God will establish you. God will establish you. That word establish means to make steadfast, 
It means to make steadfast. It's, it's the same word that Jesus used when he told Peter that he was going to, that, that Satan was going to try uh, to sift him as wheat. But when he, when he's converted, when Peter would be converted, that he would strengthen his brothers. It's the same word here. And maybe Peter is using these words, use that word uh, as, as he wrote his audience, reminiscing on what Jesus told him before he denied Jesus three times. Peter assured the saints that God would establish them. Again, y'all, this means God would ground them so nothing would shake them or move them from him from his kingdom and from their assignment for advancing God's kingdom and the same is true for you that after you've suffered a while God will establish you God will make you steadfast he he will ground you so nothing shakes you nothing moves you from God nothing moves you from his kingdom nothing moves you pulls you away from your kingdom assignment for advancing the agenda of God and with all the hate they had already encountered they'd still be unshakable from loving God and loving their neighbors as themselves now that's a work of God isn't it that's a work of God when you encounter so much hate that it can tempt you to hate in return but instead the Lord makes you perfect and establishes you and makes you unshakable from love the Lord has established you when after all the hate and violence and discrimination you've endured you still love those who hate you the Lord has established you when after all the Karens you've seen in videos and dealt with personally after all the police brutality you still live with everywhere you go after all the times you see black on black crime after all the persecution for your Christian convictions yet you still love that's a work of God isn't it because I know somebody besides myself can testify I ain't there yet I've got a long way to go before I get there I mean praise God I'm not all that I used to be but I'm sure nowhere near who I'm supposed to be but that's why God still has to work on me and perfect me and establish me to make me unshakable and established and in his love and in his righteousness if I were you right now with what you're going through I would ask God to use the tough times that you're facing to establish you in love and make you unshakable Peter as he goes on in the verse he says God after you've suffered a while the God of all grace is going to make you perfect established then the next thing he says he's going to strengthen you he's going to strengthen you the Peter Peter told the saints that God would strengthen them if they would do all they could to get stronger God would strengthen them God wanted them stronger in fact God wants his sons and daughters to be strong so bad he gives us his spirit his spirit gives us strength to be witnesses for the Lord God wants us to be strong so bad he gives us his sufficient grace to strengthen us when we're weak God wants you to be strong so his will prevails over your will don't allow what you're going through right now to get you down and keep you down God is going to strengthen you and if I were you I would look for it I would look for it if I were you I would wait for it for they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength God is going to make you stronger and then Peter says to them God the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after ye have suffered a while make you perfect establish strengthen and settle you settle you that word settle is sort of reminiscent of what Peter meant when he said establish it, it also means to have a foundation to be ground securely to ground you securely on a sure foundation of his truth a sure foundation that Jesus is the promise 
promised Messiah and son of the living God. That the kingdom of God, your, your foundation is, is that the, the kingdom of God is coming and worth suffering for even worth dying for. To be settled is when you've settled in your spirit that everybody ain't going to like you or agree with you or are, or are going to hate you because of your resolve to faithfully follow Jesus. Basically, y'all, the exhortation we have in 1 Peter 5 and 10 is that God will bring you out of your troubles stronger than when you went in. That's God's plan, to bring you out of your troubles stronger than when your troubles began. The devil has another plan for you, to shut you down and keep you down, to shut down your gift and shut down your testimony and your assignment. The devil wants to devour you or drink you down as if you're a smoothie. But God has another plan. You can come out of your troubles with greater power, greater stability, greater anointing, greater power. You can come out so much stronger that the devil would regret sending trouble your way. You and I need to endure. We would need to bounce back from the trouble and whatever may have come along with it, discouragement, frustration, weakness, depression, the temptation to return to the world from which God has delivered you. We need to garner strength from our resilience. This is why it's a fifth key to gaining strength in tough times. Resilience is both a source in which we find strength and it takes strength to be resilient. Something happens in your inner man uh, when you rebound from suffering. Resilience makes something click in your spirit that empowers you to move forward in the things of God. Inside of this resilience is a tough-mindedness that people who are wise as serpents and harmless as doves will have it's a tough mindedness that's necessary for resilience so this means y'all what I'm saying is what we tell ourselves while we go through our struggles while we go through our trials our tribulations and our sufferings what we tell ourselves can make the biggest difference in whether we stay down or we get back up so what I tell myself must serve as a weapon to pull down strongholds as I fight to be resilient. I don't know about y'all streaming but some, or on the conference call, but sometimes I got to fight to be resilient. I got to fight to get back up. I got to fight to keep on moving and advancing the kingdom of God. I don't know how many of y'all have to fight to be resilient, but what we tell ourselves can empower us to fight to be resilient. Is anybody praying with me today? It's one thing for Peter to tell me what God is going to do. But I need to tell myself what God is going to do. We need to tell ourselves what the Lord is going to do on the other side of our tough times. Refuse to engage in self-defeating rhetoric in your own mind. Watch what comes out of your mouth. I told you a few weeks ago, your victory is in your village. But your victory is also in your vocabulary. Let me back up and say that again for the people in the back your victory is in your vocabulary the words that come out of your mouth can either speak life or death to victory watch what comes out of your mouth your victory is in your vocabulary I would encourage you to say what God is saying God said the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after ye have suffered a while make you perfect establish strengthen settle you to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen Peter Peter provides for us the God of all grace as our focus 
I need y'all to hear me today. I don't have three points in a poem. I want you to get this if you don't get anything else. Peter is providing for us the, this notion, this, this idea, this reality of the God of all grace as our focus. Focus on him, the God of all grace. Make the God of all grace your why. Your why. What everyone needs to fuel their resilience is a strong, compelling why. A reason why you keep going. A reason why you get back up. A reason why you won't quit. A reason why you won't give in. A reason why you won't turn back away from serving God. Make the God of all grace your strong, compelling why. Is anybody praying with me? Someone or something that is the reason you get back up and keep going, that's your why. And everyone needs a why. A strong, compelling why. Peter offers the God of all grace and what he is going to do in the believer as a strong, compelling why for these saints to keep going and be resilient. Make the God of all grace your why. And I hear a lot of saints articulate their why for not learning, serving, giving, or connecting in the kingdom. They may blame the shepherds for not feeding them or providing a clear vision. Their why may be the older folks who are stuck in their why, stuck in their ways. The reason why they won't no, won't any longer serve in ministry or won't attend Union Grove on third Sundays is because they can't get with the youth choir's choreography. Some folk base their why on the devil being busy when their real reason for being messy or backing away from God is a lack of personal responsibility we can have a strong compelling why for why we no longer learn serve give or connect but when the God of all grace is your why you don't need a paycheck you don't have to have things your way you don't have to get upset when your idea is shot down you don't have to change your membership because your name wasn't called from the pulpit when the God of all grace is your why you will love those who hate you brutalize you mass incarcerate you and prosecute you when they know that you're innocent when the God of all grace is your strong compelling why you'll still get discouraged you'll still get frustrated you'll still suffer but you'll get back up when you've been knocked down you'll be strong even when you're weak you'll have joy in the midst of sorrow and hope for tomorrow if I were you and if I was going through some stuff and feel like you've been going through for far too long I would worship the Lord by telling him Lord you're my reason why you're the reason why I'm still here you're the reason why I ain't dead yet you're the reason why I haven't given up yet you're the reason why I still have hope you're the reason why I'm still holding on you're the reason why I'm still believing this can turn around you're the reason why I believe this can work together for good for me because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose if I were you and if I was going through I would tell the Lord in worship God you are my reason why you're the reason why I'm saved you're the reason why I'm sanctified you're the reason why I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and heaven bound you're the reason why I'm a new creation you're my reason why you're my reason for living you're my reason for loving you're my reason for believing a better day is coming you're my reason for getting back up for bouncing back from suffering the God of all grace make him your focus make him your why get back 
up because you trust him. Get back up because you love him. Bounce back from your struggles because of what he has, what he's going to do in you. Is anybody praying with me? After all, isn't he the reason why you were delivered from addiction? Isn't the Lord the reason why you were healed from sickness and disease? The Lord is the reason why you were healed. The Lord is the reason why you're going to make it through this. The Lord is your why for coming out of this situation stronger than you were when you went in. The God of all grace is the reason you're saved. You're saved by grace through faith. You didn't deserve salvation. I didn't deserve salvation. None of us deserve salvation. But the God of all grace, on one Friday afternoon, through a man called, named Jesus, on an old rugged cross, with a thorn of, with a crown of thorns on his head, nails in his hands and his feet, died on that rugged cross. Died for you and he died for me. He was buried in the grave on that Friday night. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. Y'all know how it goes. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Boost your resilience by intensifying your worship. God, you're going to make me perfect. God, you're going to establish me. Lord, I await you strengthening me and settling me. Make this word your meditation for the week. Memorize it and post it. Sing it and tweet it. Remind yourself of it. The God of all grace who hath called me unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After I have suffered a while will make me perfect, establish, strengthen, settle me. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now we know God is able to work for us. He is able to work on our behalf and on our situations. But what Peter offers is God doing a work in you more so than work for you. Peter's exhortation is, get, is that God would work on the saints more so than on their situation. The God of all grace would perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle them. This tells us something we find in other places in the Bible. One thing God wants to do while you go through is work on you. That's what Paul said in, in Romans chapter 5 verses 3 and 4. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. What are you saying Pastor Clark? I'm saying that Paul told the Romans that one thing God wants to do while you go through is work on you. Oh but James says the same thing in James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Pastor Clark, what are you saying? All I'm saying is what the Bible is saying. One thing God wants to do while you go through is work on you. Let me ask y'all something, and I want you to be honest with me which is easier for God to work on your situation or for God to work on your heart your mind your soul and your spirit which is easier for the God of all grace to work on those who hate you or to make you more loving which is easier for the God of all grace to work on your marriage or make you a better spouse which is easier for God to work on your ministry or mature you as a servant some of us want the easy way out of suffering for God to work on it or them rather than work on us but God is going to do it 
after you suffered a while. Isn't that what the Bible says? After you suffered a while, this is what the Apostle Peter wrote to encourage his brothers and sisters in Christ. God is going to do it after you have suffered a while. After you've suffered a while. I wonder if any of them in hearing these words question, uh, uh, where was God before my suffering started? Where, where was he when they got when things got so bad we had to run for our lives to Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia? Where was he when we were living holy and we were still hated? Where was God when we were trying to walk in victory and we were still violated? God is going to perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us after we have suffered a while. And how much longer is after a while? How much longer is God going to wait? I know somebody's wondering that today. How much longer is God going to wait? We need him to move now. We need justice now. We need police reform now. We need a COVID vaccine now. We need sentencing reform now. We need something done about mass incarceration now. We need better education for our kids now. Someone needs domestic violence to end now. Someone needs help with unemployment now. Someone needs a small business grant or a loan or something now. How much longer is after a while? Let me attempt to answer your question by reiterating how Peter begins verse number 10 but the God of all grace but the God of all grace listen don't let what the little part of what Peter said in that verse fool you, you you've got to really focus on who God is as the God of all grace for God to be the God of all grace means that he's a source of spiritual comfort and he can help us in every occasion because he is the God of all grace you don't have to wait for your struggles to be over for God to move on your behalf Peter was simply saying because of who God is is he will make the wait worthwhile I need to say that again for somebody streaming from the back because of who he is as the God of all grace God is able to do something on the other side of your storm to make the wait worthwhile so if you're still wondering where God was before all your trouble started let me assure you you're talking about the God of grace who's always on the throne of grace and he's always available you don't have to wait until your storm is over to pray you don't have to wait until your storm is over to come before his presence you can come before his presence any time of day morning noon or night you can come before his presence boldly to to, to receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need because God is always there He's always available. He's always accessible. He's always at your disposal because God is always there. Not only is he way up there or way out there on the throne of grace, God is right there, right where you are. Wherever you're streaming from, God is right there. In your kitchen, God is right there. In your bedroom, God is right there. In your den, in your living room, God is right there. In your sunroom, in your theater on the back porch God is right there all in whatever situation you're in God is right there in the middle of a divorce in the middle of bankruptcy God is right there in the midst of unemployment God is right there in the midst of depression God is right there for God is the God of grace he can help you he can strengthen you he can mold you and shape you in any situation you're in and the good news is he is going to make you stronger 
It is possible to feel weaker, feel weaker, weaker the longer you suffer, but it is also also possible to be made stronger after you suffered a while. I see you adjusted. I see you perfected. I see you steadfast. I don't know how you see you, but I see you. Listen, I see you strengthened. I see you settled after a while. And for some of you, your after a while is right now. For some of you, God told me to tell you that your suffering has gone on long enough. Your, your after a while is right now. For some of you, Maybe not all of you, but for some of you, the good news is you're after a while is today that God is going to mature you today, that God is going to strengthen you today, that God is going to establish you today, that God is going to settle you today. You've got to be willing to get rid of some baggage today. You've got to be ready to get rid of your own foolishness today. You've got to be ready to go to a new level in wisdom today. If you're ready, I need you to type today. Today is my day. Today is a new day for a new level. Today is my day. My day for a new level of worship. Today is my day. It's a new day for me. And I want you to type, it's, it's after a while for me. If you believe that today is your day, a new day for focus, a new day for worship, a new day for thanksgiving, a new day for power, a new day for glory. I want you to type in the comments today because you've resisted the devil for long enough God says today because you didn't give up on God he's going to prove to your enemies that he hasn't given up on you today is your day your day for grace your day for favor your day for renewed strength your day to get back up your day for a new place in him today is your day can I get a witness here but today hallelujah but today regardless whether it's your day for new strength or whether it's your day to get rid of baggage it's certainly all for all of us it's our day to do what Peter says in verse number 11 in verse 11 Peter says to him be glory and dominion forever and ever I don't care what you're going through it doesn't matter what you're suffering right now but today is the right day to give God glory it doesn't matter how much longer you may have to go through today is your day to give God glory I don't know how badly they hurt you I don't know how intense the hate was towards you but one thing I do know is that if God showed you grace and woke you up this morning it's a day for you to give him glory if God showed you grace and started you on your way today is a good day to give God glory if you know you're going to be stronger when you come out of your situation than you were before you went in today is a good day to give God glory don't wait until your storm is over praise God today don't wait until your bills are paid praise God today don't wait until your unemployment check increases praise God today for this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it can I get a witness here if God has brought you from a mighty long way give him glory do it today don't wait until they leave you alone don't wait until they get off your back
Give him glory today. Give him glory today. Let everything that's still breathing today praise the Lord. Let everybody who's been brought from a mighty long way praise the Lord. Let everybody who's come through suffering, suffering worse than what you're seeing right now, give God glory today. God, I give you glory for how good you've been to me. I give you glory for every paycheck. I give you glory for keeping food on my table, clothes on my back. I give you glory for the doors you're going to open and the ways you're going to make. Give God glory for the battles he's going to fight, for the victories you're going to claim. Give God glory. Give God glory and give back up. Give God glory and be resilient. Give God glory and be strong in him. And in the power of his might, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Get back up. You're going to make it. If God be for you, who can stand against you? Come on and praise him with me. Don't let me bless him by myself. Come on and praise him with me. I'm going to close by telling you one more thing. Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will take care of you. I'm going to leave you alone, children. I'm done with my little Easter speech. But can I say it one more time? Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will. God will. God will. He'll take care of you. Get back up. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. He's brought you too far. He's brought you too far. He's done too much for you. Demonstrated his favor too much in your life. For you to fool yourself. And feel sorry for yourself. In believing that you're done. That you're through. That you're going to give up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Be resilient. Get back up. Serve God with gladness. Let him do a work on your heart, on your mind. Because one thing God wants to do is work on you while you go through. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.